sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. was to me, but I want you to give a shout and a clap unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for he deserves all the glory, he deserves all the praise, for he is God, he is God, he is God, there's none like him, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Let every praise and every glory go up to you. I pray that this evening you will touch the lives of your people. I pray that this evening we will receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. I pray that every hindrance to the word will be removed. I come against every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. I pull down imaginations and thinkings and, and thought processes that are not of you. And I pray, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit will have the preeminence. That the Holy Spirit will fill this vessel and use it. And I pray that the seed will fall on good soil and yield much to the glory of your name. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord. Well, all too soon our convention is coming to an end. But we thank God for his many mercies. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for his mercies and his faithfulness throughout these days. I also want to thank Reverend Dodu and his wife. for putting together our first convention. Amen. I also want to salute Reverend Wilson and Lady Pastor Joyce, his wife, for the good work done. Amen. And for all the lady pastors who came from America, from Guyana, St. Lucia, Venezuela, where else, Grenada, anywhere around, I want to say that God bless you. And... Um, May the Lord remember you for standing with a fellow woman. Amen. I also want to thank our sisters from Trinidad, Antigua. Thank you for coming to support us and giving us moral support and being a blessing to us in many ways. And those of you who did things behind the scenes, those of you who labored in prayer, those of you whose names will not even be mentioned here, May the God who sees in secret reward you openly. Amen. The food was delicious. We were well looked after. And we are happy. And I also want to thank my husband, the bishop, for releasing me to be here this evening. Amen. This evening, I'm not going to be very long. I want to speak to you about woman, God's secret weapon. Amen. Psalm 68. Psalm 68. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say wait for me. 
Psalm 68. It's good to know the word of God. Because the word of God is our light. Amen. Psalm 68. Verse 11. The Lord gives the command. The women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. Kings of armies flee, they flee. And she who remains at home will divide the spoil. Amen. Now the Bible here is saying that God gives a command. Another verse says the Lord gives the word of power. So God releases his word in power. But the people who proclaim and bear the word are the women. Amen. So it's one thing for God to give or proclaim the word of his power. Hallelujah. But for it to be born and proclaimed and shared abroad, the psalmist here is saying, is the woman. And it refers to us as a great host. Now usually we think that armies are great hosts. But women coming together are a great host. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, kings of armies flee, they flee. Tell me what weapon a woman has that it's not just armies that flee, but kings of armies. Do you understand? Leaders, army commanders, army generals flee. Why? Because of a great host of women. Kings of armies flee. They flee. She who remains at home will divide the spoil. Often we think that she who remains at home is a non-entity. She who remains at home cannot be anything useful in God's hands. She who remains at home has nothing to contribute. But she who remains at home divides the spoils of war. Hallelujah. So no matter who you are, even if you are a housewife, you are a weapon in God's hands. Hallelujah. And many times, the women, the reason why women have struggled and believed in women's lib and said the woman is, is, is the same as a man and better and all those unscriptural things are because we have not found our place in God. And we, we have not looked at ourselves from God's perspective. And we have not seen that God can use us in such an, an amazing way. Kings of armies flee from us. And our weapons, as I keep saying, are not AK-47s. They are not bazookas. They are not scud missiles. They are seemingly weak things. And God, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18 downwards, that God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Hallelujah. It didn't say just the weak things. The weak things of the world from the world's perspective. Amen. God chose that so that he will put to shame the strong. And the Bible says that dwell with them according to knowledge as of the weaker vessel. The vessel is the container. And the container may be weak. And I believe that the reason why the container is weak is because it was not formed directly from soil. It was formed from the side of a man. So it's delicate material. Amen. It's refined material. The Bible says God took soil and made man. But for the woman, he took her from the side of man. An improvement. Not straight from the soil. Hallelujah. And I believe that that is why the Bible says that dwell with them according to knowledge. You have to attend school to dwell with us. And why is that? Because we are high tech. You can't just look at us and know us. You have to acquire knowledge. So please, the brothers, go to school on us. Hallelujah. The Bible says dwell with them according to knowledge. 
And knowledge doesn't just come. Knowledge is acquired. Knowledge may be out there, but you've got to acquire it. And perhaps if you acquired the knowledge, you will see how simple we are to live with. Amen. You may find out that you don't have to buy the latest Mercedes-Benz to make us happy. But just a healthy dose of I love you would just be enough. Amen, ladies. And if you would just recognize when we clean the kitchen floor and say that you've done a good job, the kitchen looks clean, only that will score you high marks. We like nice things because when we came, everything in creation was in place. The birds of the air, the fish, and even you, man, you were waiting for God to release us. Kings of armies flee from us. And she who stays at home will divide the spoil. Hallelujah. Come with me to Judges 4. Hallelujah. Dwell with us according to knowledge. Please listen, heed God's instruction, brothers, and just flow. (laughs) Are we there? Judges 4. Okay, read it from verse 1. It's a popular story. Read it from verse 3. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron. And he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. It's talking about a king called Jabin and his army commander called Sisera. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor, and take with you ten thousand men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. And I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. Then Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Mercy. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh. And Barak called Zebulon and Naphtali together to Kedesh. And 10,000 men went up with him. Deborah also went up with him. Hallelujah. Now Heber the Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites. Verse 12. And they told Sisera that Barak the son of Abinuam had gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera called together all his chariots, 900 iron chariots, and all the people who were with him, from Harosheth Hagoim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army, which with the edge of the sword, before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariot and the army as far as Harosheth Hagoim. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not even one was left. Now Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor. Verse 18, And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my master, 
turn aside to me, don't be afraid. And he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rag. And he said to her, please give me a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. So she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink, and she covered him. And he said to her, stand in the doorway of the tent, and it shall be if anyone comes and inquires of you and says, is there anyone here that you shall say no? But Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and seized the hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple. And it went through into the ground, for he was sound asleep and exhausted. So he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. And he entered with her, and behold, Sisera was lying dead with a tent peg in his temple. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the sons of Israel. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says that this was the time of the judges. And in the time of the judges, Israel had no king. They had no leader. They had no ruler. So whatever judge came, if the judge was good, they followed. And sometimes Israel would do what was right in their own eyes. But the Bible is saying there came a time when the judge of Israel was a woman. Hallelujah. A prophetess. A wife of Lapidon. Excuse me. The fact that God has called you to be a prophetess does not mean you should give up your wifely calling. For Deborah indeed was a prophetess and a wife. The Bible remembered to tell us. And sometimes we get so busy about the work of God, we leave a sink load of dirty washing and we go about casting out demons in town. But this was a woman with balance. And the Bible says that a false balance is an abomination unto God. Hallelujah. So even though God had elevated her and God was using her in the place where men were often used, she still walked in her wifely calling. And she was the wife of Lapidoth. Yesterday I told you that being female or being a girl is different from being a wife. Hallelujah. And so you have to think carefully before you enter marriage so that you will know whether you are ready to be a wife or not. But this evening I'm not talking about how to be a wife. That's another topic altogether. Hallelujah. But Deborah was a prophetess. And a word of prophecy came from God to Deborah. That go and tell Barak to summon 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun. And I will draw Sisera out. He must go and meet at a place. I will draw Sisera out and then there will be war. And when Deborah gave this word to Barak, Barak said, unless you go with me, I won't go. Why do I say that woman, God's secret weapon? Because often we are hidden or our callings or our strengths or what we can do is hidden in a seemingly delicate vessel. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of his power shall be of him and not of us. And many times when you look at a woman, you cannot just look and say how strong she is. Her power of endurance, the things that she can go through and overcome, you cannot just look at it because it will be amidst tears. You know, she may cry a bit, she may look down a bit, but it doesn't mean that she's crushed. And it doesn't mean that she's destroyed. And so it's a secret weapon. It is not a weapon that when you look at you immediately see, this is a gun, this is a SCAD missile, this is a Patriot missile, this is a, an AK-47. No. When you see her, she looks like jail, the woman in the tent. And so when you say, oh, this one, what can she do? What is she in the hands of God? But when God came to the Garden of Eden, he was cursing the serpent. You see, God divided the sentencing. Said to Adam, from the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. To Eve, in conception, you will have pain and your desire shall be unto your husband and he will rule over you. That's why you are always looking for somebody to rule over you. Amen, ladies. 
And then he said to the serpent, because of what you have done, you will go on your belly. It means that snakes used to walk. But God said in the garden, of, because of what you have done, you will eat dust all the days of your life. And remember that man was fashioned from dust. So the flesh has always been something Satan feeds on. Because he has been cursed to feed on the flesh. Hallelujah. And then, in that same context, God says that, I will put enmity between you and the woman. The enmity is on two levels. The first one is between you and the woman. That's Satan's punishment. And the second one, between your seed and the serpent's seed. The woman's seed. Between you, the woman's seed, and the serpent's seed. And then, the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Adam had already been given his sentence. But we have been called to bruise the head of the enemy. And no wonder Satan put so many frustrations in our way. Because like Pastor Robert was saying, he said that he thinks sometimes that men have to be careful because the things we have to deal with before we move out is not easy. Amen. You see, when my husband is waiting on God, he has a study he goes to. And I don't disturb him. I even take the children away. Oh, God, come, you know, daddy is praying. But when I'm waiting on God, my husband comes often. Have you seen my socks? <laughs> eh. And then he comes, and then he goes and he comes again. Were you saying that this and that? <laughs> so can the person not see that I too am waiting on God? And even when I have to preach on Sundays at church, maybe Mother's Day or even this Mother's Day, he was telling me, ah, so won't you make some toast before you go for me? I'm like, he usually doesn't even eat breakfast. But the day that I'm preaching, that's when his toast anointing has risen. You know? And men don't get morning sickness. Men don't carry a child for nine months. Men don't go through labor. All these things are impediments on our way. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. And I believe that that is why God gives us the type of weapons he gives us. But many of us will look back if we were Deborah and say, do you know who Caesarea is? 900 chariots of iron. That's what the person is bringing to battle. And the Bible commentary says that each chariot was drawn by at least three horses. They haven't talked about the soldiers who are manning the chariots before the foot soldiers also. And all these people are coming against Israel. When you look at it as a woman, you say, I have nothing to contribute. They are talking about armies here. There is nothing that I can do to defy an army like that. But it took a prophetic word from Deborah to get Barak to put his act together. She said, this is what God, God is saying. Hallelujah. Ladies, the Bible says that the gift of prophecy is given for edification, for comfort, and for exhortation. And when you look at this, oh, exhortation, comfort, edification, what does it do? We want battle. We want iron chariots. We want swords. We want bloodshed. We want things that we can see that, yes, this is battle. But no, just a word of prophecy was enough to call an army together. Not a siren, not a trumpet, but a word of encouragement from a woman prophetess to just one man. Hallelujah. Was enough. And Barak went to summon the people. And then he said to Deborah, if you don't go with me, I will not go. Many times, we don't know that you're just being present. It's also a weapon. Your presence alone is an encouragement. It's a certain strength that pushes the person that God wants to use to go ahead. But you say, oh, if I go, it doesn't matter. If I don't go, it doesn't change anything. If I go along, it doesn't. No. It was Deborah's presence alone. Barak had summoned 10,000 men. He was okay. Why did he need Deborah's presence? Because a woman's weapons 
They look soft. They look unattractive, but they are powerful. And Deborah said, yes, I'll go with you. Only the honor shall come to a woman and not to you. And still, Barak didn't say go back. It shows how much he needed to have somebody with him. Sometimes just being with your husband, just encouraging his hand, just talking to him in the times of crisis, just encouraging the man of God will push him forward to do exploits. And often I believe that it's only heaven that will reveal our rewards. Because most of the times our contribution is hidden. It's a secret weapon. Hallelujah. And then when the army is gathered together and all that, it is Deborah that has to tell Barak, arise. You have gathered the army. Don't you know you have to arise? Sisera has been drawn out. Don't you know you have to arise? But it took a word. I believe that the tongue of a woman is a powerful weapon. And it can be used to destroy or to build. Hallelujah. Just a word. However careless can bring many repercussions. Can you not see that when John the Baptist had reprimanded Herod for marrying his brother's wife, it took just a dance. You see, our weapons... Hmm. It took just a dance. And then Herod just comes and says, what do you want? Even the kingdom I'll give you. Savapa. Doesn't work properly. And then the girl doesn't know what to ask for. So she asks her mother, what should I ask for? So ask for John the Baptist's head. And it's given. The word of a woman. She had said, ask for money. Ask for a house. It will be given. So ask for the head of John the Baptist. So we must be careful what we say. And even the things we desire. That leads us to say the things we say. So Deborah says to Barak, arise. You know, often people need a push from us. And many times, even when a ministry is starting, it's women who are the pillars, who are the encouragement. It's their presence that makes you know, Pastor, the church is going to work. Pastor, it's going to go on. Pastor, today I was blessed. But don't think that these are no weapons. They are powerful weapons. And if you will use them also in your marriage, things will be turned around. But all that you use your tongue for is criticism. Every day. The Bible says, do all things without memories and disputings. Because when you do that, you give room to the enemy. So Deborah says, arise. And the whole army is galvanized together to go and meet and become a force and they go and chase the, um, the, the enemy army of Sisera. Because of this, the Bible says that Sisera, who had oppressed Israel for 20 years, if somebody oppresses you for 20 years, it's not a small oppression. And it's not a small enemy. Because when you look at Deborah's song later on, it says that even peasants and people could not use the highways because of this kind of enemy. But this Sisera took to his heels and ran. When he was running, he came to the tent of jail. Many of us would have said, I can't do anything for God. God can't use my life with it because I'm not on stage, I'm in a tent. I'm not on television, I'm, on, I'm in a tent. I'm not on radio, I'm not in the newspaper, I'm in a tent. But God can use you wherever, wherever, wherever you are. Hallelujah. And God does not measure your value by the amount of exposure. He, me he, he measures your value by your obedience to his will. What has he asked you to do? Deborah was a prophetess. Jael was a woman in a tent. No matter which divide of the world or which spectrum, where we come from, God has a purpose for everybody. Deborah may be a prophetess. She may be the one to speak to Barak and to galvanize the army. But you too in your tents, in your tents, kings of armies will flee from you. Hallelujah. So when Sisera gets there, the Bible says that Jael is standing at the entrance of her tent. And she says to Sisera, she goes out to meet him. 
and says to him, turn aside, my master. Turn aside to me. Don't be afraid. How often great men fall because we have the ability to give soothing words. Turn aside. She went out to meet him. The guy was running. Oh, let me go and meet him. Hospitality. Hospitality. The, the ability to go out and meet people is something that you will look down on. Oh, I just meet people in the church. I don't do anything. The, the ability to connect with people is also a gift. And it's also a weapon. But Jael could have looked down upon herself and said, when people are fighting, armies are running about, I'm now also coming to meet people. I don't like menial things. Beloved, we don't have to despise the things God gives us. Because whatever he gives you, he is able to anoint it so that it will be multiplied many times more. So turn aside and she called him my master. Respect. So Sister Ross said, in fact, if they are looking for me, it is not likely that they will look for me in a woman's tent. It is said that both male and female had their own tents. And most of the tents were even erected by the women because they stayed at home. So he looked and said, this is a very improbable place that somebody will look for me from. And look how welcoming she is. She has even come to stand at the tent door to welcome me. And he turned aside to her into the tent. And she covered him with a rag. You see, many times when God has used women, we have looked down on what he has used. For instance, if you want the dead to be raised, you feel that you must fast for 40 days. You must shout. You must use your authority. In the name of Jesus, I command you, come up now. But when you look at the book of Acts, the woman called Dorcas, she just made clothes. And that led to her being raised from the dead. Hallelujah. The weapons look unimpressive. But the weapons are terribly effective. Hallelujah. So Jael said, Sister said, give me some water. Jael said, oh, only water? No. I'll give you milk. I'll give you milk. Not just water, milk. Ladies, may we make our tents a place of welcome for our husbands. And even for people in the church of God, may we make the church a place where we give milk. The person is asking you for water. Go the extra mile. Give milk. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers. For by it, some have entertained angels. Unawares. Unawares. They didn't know what they were doing. When the three angels came with the message to Abraham about Sarah, they came as ordinary men. The Bible says it was a very hot afternoon. And typically, Abraham was sitting under the tree, relaxing. And Sarah was in there. When the three men came, Abraham said, Oh, don't even speak. We will make food and things for you. So you relax. Meanwhile, he has not said anything to Sarah yet. But he has told the people to stay. It's going to be okay. And then he goes and the Bible says that he says to Sarah, Make haste. You see? They go and bring the things and then the pressure is on you. Make haste and prepare the things. Make haste. And Sarah doesn't complain. She makes haste. And Abraham also prepares the kid and they bring it to the men. It is when the men have eaten and they are satisfied that they say, actually, we are messengers from God. And we brought a message concerning the promise God gave you. And this time, it's more to do with Sarah. As for Sarah, your wife, my covenant is with her. And she is going to give birth to a baby. And it is at this visit that Sarah's name is changed. And her destiny is changed. But many of us will say, to serve, to bake cakes under pressure. Lady Pastor, I don't like unpleasant things. I don't do unpleasant things. But these are the gateways to God's glory. And that's what God uses to bless our lives. Hallelujah. Please give me. So she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink. Then she covered him. She soothed him. Hallelujah. 
Many times, the women in the Bible, the weapons, the, the Shunammite women, let's just provide a room. Just a room for Elijah. She didn't join the healing line. She didn't come for an anointing service to have a child. She just provided a room for a man of God so that the ministry will go forth. The women in the Bible, they just ministered to Jesus out of their substance. That's all they did. They are not called to be Peters and to be Pauls and to be... But still, at the resurrection, we were the first that the Lord revealed himself to. Hallelujah. Because I think and I believe that God knows our contribution. So Jael covered him with a rag or a mantle or a covering. And many of us, those of us who are married and those of us who are not married, we don't know how to take care of a man. When he comes, you say, look, help yourself. The rag is there. You are cold. Help yourself. Be happy. Each man, each man is, is fending for himself. Be happy. But Jael knew. She knew the weapons of a woman. So not only did she give him milk, she also covered him. And the Bible says, Cesar was so exhausted that he slept. Mercy on the men. Hallelujah. And then he entrusts his security to her. Stand in the door. And when anybody asks you whether anybody has come past, they say no. If Cicera knew, he would never have chosen jail to be his bodyguard. But we look harmless and guileless and sweet. Amen. And often, men are deceived. Completely and totally. So Sisera abandons all his guards and says, I have found a haven. Let me sleep. You know, even though we chastise Delilah, I believe that Delilah had a weapon. And her weapon was only a pair of laps. Which everybody has, including men. But she saw it, she said, this is a weapon, I can use it. Amen. And whenever Samson went to lie in that lap, he forgot his calling. He forgot what God had called him to do. It didn't matter anymore. And that was the lap of an evil woman. Why don't you become a righteous lap? for your husband in the name of Jesus. I believe that the reason why Samson was able to lie there, it was a place of comfort. A place of softness. A place of security. Look, the men, they look so macho. But they need you. Amen, ladies. Is it true, brothers? Do you need us? And when you read the story, you wonder. Delilah asks you, what is your strength? You tell her, she uses it. The people come, and then it's not that three times. That is the power of a lap. <laughs> the power of softness. The power of being feminine. Hallelujah. The Bible says a soft answer. Turneth away wrath. A soft answer breaketh a bone. But most of you, you've taken axe, hammer, and you are breaking through. Meanwhile, the answer in the gateway is just a soft answer. When your husband speaks to you in a way you shouldn't speak, hey, you, why did you instead of retaliation, is that so? Immediately, there's no beast. There's nothing to fight about. But most of you, when he speaks, are you to say yes. We are all going into the boxing ring together. And the Bible says, as Sisera slept, Jael came softly. Softly. I believe that softness is a weapon a woman has. Softness does not mean weakness. Softness does not mean you will be taken advantage of. Rather, softness will open a door for you. 
Hallelujah. She came softly. For if she had come with a lot of noise and aggression, perhaps Sisera would have woken up. But she came softly. And she used the tent peg. She used what she had. She used what was at her disposal. She was in a tent. So what was nearest her was a tent peg. And she used it. But many of you are harboring what God has given you. And many of you are looking at it and saying, it's only a tent peg. What can I do with it? It's only a tent peg. It's only a voice to sing. It's only exhortation. It's only service. Every day I'm serving, I'm serving. Serving in the church, sweeping. What can it do? But those are the things that take kingdoms. Hallelujah. Sisera had not been caught by the 10,000 men. Sisera had not been captured by Barak. They were still looking for him, if you like. But in the tent of a woman, he had been brought to nothing. She came softly and she took a hammer. Not only did she have a tent peg, she also had a hammer. <laughs> but even in wielding the hammer, she came softly. And then she put the hammer in his temple and nailed it down. And that was the end. A man who has tormented a nation for 20 years. A man with 900 chariots. A man being pursued by 10,000 men is easily conquered in the tent of a woman. I believe that that was fulfillment of prophecy. That kings of armies flee from her. They flee from her. And she who is in the tent will divide the spoil. And that was Jael. Hallelujah. Now you say, Lady Pastor, okay, all these things, but what does it mean? How do I come into what God has for me? First of all, recognize the things that are at hand. Hallelujah. Recognize the things that are near you. Recognize the things that are in your hands. Recognize the things that you have access to easily. Those are usually the weapons that God will give you to use. A tent peg. A tent. Because that's where you are, in a tent. So that is where God will accomplish the battle. In the tent, where you are. And then a tent peg because that's what you have. So recognize that. Recognize the opportunities God brings. For Jael was standing in her tent door. But she could easily not have seen that this was an opportunity to finish the armies of Sisera. Hallelujah. She could just have said, oh, Sisera is just running past. The people are pursuing. It's their duty. I have nothing to contribute. They are just past, but recognize opportunity. In the ministry, people say to me, how do you know your calling? How do you know what God has asked you to do? How do you know? But what do I do in the church? What I've done by the grace of God in the years gone by is to also look at what I can do. I look and I say, what can I do? So when the church was coming up and all that, different things are being done, and then I see that this sister, these days she doesn't look so sprightly. She looks worried. To me, I'm able to pick that up. She looks worried. This one, she looks harassed. This one doesn't look at peace. So then I'll come to you and say, sister, can I please see you after church? So after church, they'll come. And then, if there are three lined up, I'll say, I'll see you after this one. So as I speak to the first one, I'll say, are you alright? Usually everybody, how are you? Everybody says, oh, I'm fine, you know. Then you start to say, alright. But how is it with your walk with the Lord? How's your Bible study? Is it going well? Oh, these days I don't really remember to have my quiet time and then my prayer time. And So is it sapping your energy? Do you feel that you don't have strength to go on? And then before you know, sometimes they are weeping. And they are saying, ah, you've hit the nail right on the head. But I was never announced that president, chief counselor, chief encourager, chief exhorter. Let's give her an award. Let's give her a hand clap. No. I was just seeing what you could do. And Jesus said about the woman who anointed his feet, she has done what she could. And Jael also did what she could. And you too must look for opportunity to serve. 
Hallelujah. When the church first started, scrubbing of the floor, no problem. Fixing of curtains for people's weddings, no problem. Arranging of chairs, no problem. I have swept the church many times. I've arranged chairs many times. And because of that, if you say you won't do it today, I can easily do it again. It's not a problem. Amen. Amen. But it's these little things. When you are faithful in these little things, God uses them as building blocks to get you to where he wants you to be. Hallelujah. But you have to recognize that this is what I have. You may not have a big evangelistic crusade like Bonky, but your hospitality alone will make the men of God feel at home and go forth to minister. Hallelujah. I think that in heaven, many wives will be surprised at the stake we will have in our husband's ministries because the things that we do often are hidden and often may not be seen by the one who sees in secret rewards you openly. And sometimes we want showy gifts. We want showy callings. We want things where we are seen. And when we have something like intercession, we say, oh no. Intercession is not an exciting gift. Nobody knows you are an intercessor. Nobody can, can measure your worth. You see, when a choir sings, we can know that it's nice. But when you pray, and you say you are interceding for the church, we don't know what you are doing. Physically speaking, we are not able to measure it. But those are the lethal and powerful weapons that God uses against the enemy. So recognize the opportunities God brings your way. And may the opportunity always be with the motive of extending the kingdom of God. But we, we have the weapons, but we use them wrongly. We use them to charm people's husbands. We use them to take things that are not ours. We use them to get to a place of influence that we should not be at. And those things don't last. They crumble because they are not built on solid things. But if we will use them for the cause of the kingdom and for the extension of God's kingdom, it will take us very far. Hallelujah. So recognize the opportunities that God brings. Recognize the things that act as stumbling blocks to your obeying God. Many times with women... We don't progress in ministry because of offenses. It's a stumbling block. And self-preservation. We feel that this thing, you will get hurt too much. Or I've experienced that I got hurt to some extent. So let me now preserve myself and not make myself vulnerable. Let, Let me keep myself so that the pain will be less. But the pain doesn't become less. Whether you go or you stay, there's pain. So you might as well go. Amen. So we use offenses. And then we get bogged down by our normal responsibilities. The Bible says the cares of the world. The cares. Things that are important. School fees. Amen. They are not pleasures. They are cares. School fees. Children. Husband. And all that. Before you come and even look after yourself. So when you look at all that, you say, I can't contribute anything to the kingdom of God. Look at my plate, lady pastor. It's full already. But even in your tent, you can be a force to reckon with. Even in your tent, kings of armies can flee from you. You know, when the battle was called, it was somewhere else. And there was no way Jael was supposed to be involved in the battle. She had not received any prophetic word. She has not received any instruction. But she just saw that this is Sarah going. Opportunity. And this man, he's an evil man against the, the people of God. So let me just use my milk, my meeting graces, my rug to cover him, and my softness to bring about the things that God is already doing. To help the cause that God is fighting and to push it. Woman, you are God's secret weapon. Hallelujah. When you look at the woman at the well, the Bible says that Jesus was speaking to her, and she thought that Jesus was one of her usual customers. So you say you want to draw water, you don't have anything to draw with, and yet you are saying you want to draw water. What? Anyway, when all was said and done, after that, Jesus presented to her the living water, and she took the living water. And the Bible says, she went back to her city, and she went to bring all the men. Why? Because it was familiar territory. She was used to fellowshipping with the men. The Bible specifically says she didn't bring women. She brought men. 
And when she brought the men, the men had come on account of her word. But they stayed with Jesus for two days. And they said, now we are not staying because of what the woman said, but because of what we ourselves have heard and experienced. But she was the gateway to bring all the men of the city. Meanwhile, somebody would be witnessing, trying to bring all the men. They won't come. But one woman, one woman can bring all the men. But the problem is that when we go to bring the men, then we get lost. We don't come back to Jesus. Therein lies the problem. So we have the weapons that God has given us, but we use them, excuse me to say, foolishly. And we use them wrongly. And we end up rather joining the armies of Sisera. Joining the armies of Satan. And then we've lost our, our focus. We went because we were going to bring them in. But when you bring Sisera into your tent, please don't fornicate with him. We allow unnecessary detours. We allow our emotions to lead us. Our feelings. Oh, hey, Pastor, I feel this way, so I went. I felt that way, so I went. If you are going to follow your emotions, you always be on an emotional yo-yo. You always follow hormonal things. But the thing that is stable and that never changes is the word of God. The Bible says that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, it stands sure forever. Hallelujah, it stands forever. Jesus said everything else will pass away, but my word, not a tittle of it. Why don't you bank your hopes on his word? Why don't you build your life on his word more than on your emotions, your sentiments, and we get carried away very easily. And that's why the Bible refers to us as silly women. Led about with diverse lusts. Any lust can lead us. And you will always have the opportunity of going the other way. Like Jael, you will have the opportunity of sleeping with Sisera. When you give him milk, you cover him with a rag. Don't go under the rag yourself. You have no business under the rag. Amen. Turn to the next sister and say, you have no business under the rag. We need focus. We need focus in order not to be distracted. We are too easily distracted. The Bible says looking unto Jesus. Because he knew that often you'll be looking at Jimmy, looking unto John, looking unto Peter, looking unto Andrew, but looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Many times we begin with him as the author, but we don't allow him to finish. But jail finished the job. After giving milk, you see it's a process. You meet, you invite, you give milk, you cover with a rag, and then you come softly, you use the hammer, and then you finish the job. But we, when we get to the milk and the rag stage, all our callings and our anointings evaporates. May the Lord deliver us. I believe that the feminineness, the softness, the sexuality, the hospitality, all that is supposed to advance the kingdom of God. And they are supposed to be used in the right environment. Amen. If you are a woman and you are married, you are supposed to bless your husband in the bedroom. But as I go around to some places, I see that some women, I went to a country and the husband was telling me, Sister Mommy, speak to my wife. Her pajamas are jeans, 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 jeans. And yet I believe that the female body is made by God to be attractive to man. And then the first person is your husband. So I asked her, is it true that you wear jeans to sleep? I feel cold. I feel cold. You know, once in Ghana, my husband was preaching on radio. And he said, you know, 
my wife and I, we react to different temperatures differently. She feels cold easily. And as for me, I'm always feeling hot. So, when she feels cold, instead of recognizing me as a blanket, she goes to get a duvet. And um, I had heard that in church some time ago, but then I didn't know that's what they had played on the radio. So I was in town, seriously doing my shopping. Then somebody saw me and said, so you too, why don't you go to the place of warmth? I said, what are you talking about? Sir, so Bishop said it this afternoon that you are always feeling cold, but instead of going to him for warmth, you go for a duvet. And I didn't know the person. How can you just come and coach radio? But I then had a window to tell this lady that you are wearing jeans when there's warmth provided for you. Sister, take off the jeans and go to the place of warmth. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that somebody like Esther was beautiful. Abigail was beautiful. And all these things are things that God can use. Anything a woman has. Physically, spiritually, and in every way. It's an investment that God has made. But Esther needed opportunity. And when God presented the opportunity, it took Mordecai to show her that this is the opportunity. Join the beauty pageant, not for yourself, but for the extension of God's kingdom. But many of us, when we become queen, then we forget the reason why God gave us what he gave us in the first place. So when Mordecai came and said, Esther, the Jews are going to be destroyed. What are you going to do about it? She said, oh, now we are in the palace, you know. And there's protocol. We don't go to the king when we like. You know, so don't ask me to do things that are difficult, Mordecai. The Bible says that when Mordecai saw the letter, he had rent his clothes. He was mourning with fasting and sackcloth. And Esther sent her people to give him clothes to wear. Because she could not identify with God's people. And many times, when God gives us something, opportunity, a blessing, a place, honor, we don't see his plan. We see our own little plan. Our own little dream. And that is why when Mordecai and the Jews are fasting and praying, he's rending his clothes, then you go and give him clothes. Because that's easier to do. But what he's asking you to do is to go into the king's presence, but you are giving him clothes because that's your comfort zone. It's easier for you. And the Mordecai said, think not that you will escape. And that who knows if you came to the kingdom, opportunity, timing is part of opportunity. You came to the kingdom at such a time as this because if Vashti had been there, there would have been no queen to plead the case of the Jews. So the reason why God chose you is not because of your beauty and your being a queen, but so that the entire nation of Israel will be preserved. Esther, don't forget. And many times we forget. So even when the opportunity came for her to become or fulfill God's purpose for making her what she had become, Esther had forgotten. She was now busy marrying, busy pleasing the king, and didn't want to bring any displeasure to the king. Mordecai said, look, let me give you a warning. And then she came to the point where she said, if I perish, I perish. And that's where God wants to bring us to. Not a place where we give him little uh, chop money, a little bribe. God, take a candy and be happy. He wants to bring you to the place where you give all. And you become all that he wants you to become. Not what you think you have become. Hallelujah. And because of Esther's beauty, she got access to the palace. She got access to the palace so that she would save God's people. And when she got to the if I perish, I perish stage, that's when God was ready to use her. And because of that, the feast of Esther is celebrated even up to today. But we would have thought that you have to be a Mordecai. You have to be a Haman to make gallows and, you know, powerful things. But not just your beauty and your position as a queen, to save a whole nation. No! We have to save by war. We have to save by other forms of conventional forms of battle. But woman, you are a secret weapon in God's hands. 
Secret because you don't look like what God has made you. And secret because usually the way he uses you does not induce earthquake, trembling, volcanoes. It doesn't. It's cool. But how often God comes in a still small voice. For remember that Elijah thought that God was in the fire. He was not. He thought that God was in that strong wind, but he was not. God was in a still small voice. And God is in us, ladies. And God is in you. And God will use you. And all that Deborah is saying to us tonight is, Arise. Arise. And God will do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand to your feet. I want us to pray, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what I have. Let me recognize what I have. Let me value what I have. Oh God. And they comparing themselves with themselves are not wise. Let me not compare or want to be somebody else. But let me celebrate and cherish and value your investment in my life. Let me see it. And let me follow it. Let me give myself wholly to it so that my profiting may appear unto all men. Help me, Lord, to see. And when I see what you have given me, help me to recognize the opportunities that you bring along. Help me to be sensitive to your timing. Help me to be sensitive to your purpose. Your purpose for making that investment in the first place. For the Bible says he has called us according to his purpose and according to his grace. May it not be that we left undone the things that he asked us to do. But may we run the race in such a way that we'll come to the place where we will say, I have run the race. I have finished my course. Now is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Father, thank you Thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your prophetic word to us. That we, there will be enmity between us and the enemy. I pray that we will not play into the court of the enemy. But we will stand in opposition to Satan and to all his schemes. I thank you Lord that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, Lord. Give us revelation in the knowledge of you. Open our eyes that we may see, O oh God. For Elijah prayed, open his eyes that he may see. Open our eyes that we may see the investments that you have made in us. Open our eyes that we may see where you are leading us to. Open our eyes that we may see opportunity and your timing, your divine timing. Open our eyes that we may respond appropriately, O oh God. Deliver us from the things that have been stumbling blocks in our lives. And Lord, use us. If you can use anything, if you could use a donkey, you could use stones, you could use a tent peg, you can use us. May we see in our lives that kings of armies are fleeing from us. And we who dwell in tents, may we be the ones to divide the spoil. May the prophetic hand of God come upon our lives. And may your purpose be fulfilled. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You are here this evening. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You are not sure whether you will go to heaven or hell when you die. You want to say, Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want to be sure whether I will go to heaven or hell. I want to start all over again with Jesus. You are here like that today. I want you to just lift up your hands and I will pray with you. Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want to get it right with Jesus. I want to start all over again. I want to be sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I want to be sure that I'll go to heaven. Lady Pastor, pray for me. You're here like that. I want you to lift up your hands. And if you've lifted up your hands, I want you to take another bold step of coming forward. For we all did that. Come forward. Don't look at the person on your left or your right. Mean business with God. It's all about Jesus. You are here like that. You put up your hands. I want you to take a bold step. Come to him. Come to him. For he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. If you put up your hand, I want you to just come forward and I'll pray with you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He's the fountain of living water. He's the Lord that never changes. He's the Lord that remains the same. Come to Jesus. The man that never disappoints. The man that never lets you down. Come to Jesus. All to Jesus. Ah, help me, somebody. to Jesus I will ever love and trust in him his presence I surrender all I want to speak to those of you in front of you who have come to the front we believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Lighthouse Chapel International for further inquiries please write to Lighthouse Chapel International P.O. Box KB114 Kolebu Accra Ghana or call 021-662055 that's 021-662055 God richly bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 243 0243- one eight seven nine zero zero. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.